Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to welcome today on Be Brave at Work, Polina Neal. She specializes in working with global development professionals to help them enhance their performance and leadership, as well as advance personal, organizational, and social outcomes. Polina's clients are talented, socially aware professionals keen to make a positive difference in the world. They want to raise their professional game and she is known for her work as an executive and leadership coach, mentor, lecturer and trainer, and development professional. And Polina's areas of expertise include management and leadership development, coaching, mentoring, women's empowerment, capacity strengthening, change management, employee engagement, and partnership building. And if I had to pick an area that I think bravery might fall best in, it might be this topic entitled Capacity Strengthening. So (laughs) I I know we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Polina, welcome to Be Brave at Work. Well, thank you, Ed. I'm delighted to be here. And I gave kind of a light overview of you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about you from yourself and what you may currently be doing in the marketplace. Okay. Well, thank you. As, as you mentioned, my, my name is Polina, and I have a leadership development practice called Unabridged, and I'm a leadership coach and educator. I'm actually based in Paris, France, and I have the privilege of working with clients all over the globe. So that's wonderful. In the past, or maybe in my previous life, I've worked on developing people development interventions around the world uh, with governments, private sector, UN, nonprofits, all sorts of different clients. And before that, I completed my PhD in gender and international relations, and I was also teaching. And I just want to say I'm delighted to be here. I think that the insights and resources that you're pulling together are so useful and helpful to to the audience. So thank you. You're welcome. And I think for folks that listen to the podcast on a regular basis, they will find that 
all of our guests, regardless of their background or histories, all have had experiences where they needed to be brave at work and maybe didn't, and what the <laughs> impact may be on their career, and what lessons today they would learn and apply if they could go back in time to that. And I would also like to mention that while I am here in steamy, steamy Boston, Massachusetts, you are in beautiful, cool <laughs> Paris, France, right? But I suspect you have a heat wave going on there as well. Well, that is true. We have a heat wave going on. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get up into the high 90s here today. So it's the oh hottest day of the week. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about, and I, I thought capacity strengthening might be a, a good place to start. But, you know, when we think about bravery at work, and you think mm -hmm. a little bit, Polina, about the clients you have worked with, and mm -hmm. even your own stories, you know, in what area does bravery fit best? And let's explore that a little bit. Well, I think, as you rightly mentioned, bravery is important for pretty much every aspect of our life. And I thought I would share with you a story where bravery was called upon, and I wasn't necessarily <laughs> brave in this experience. We all have those stories, so <laughs> thank you for sharing. So I'm going to be really transparent and, and vulnerable at the same time. So thank you. The, and this does relate to capacity strengthening. So I had just actually turned 40, so it was quite a while ago. I <laughs> I had been, luckily, I was working in the field that I loved. So I, I was very, very engaged in my work and very happy. However, I really wanted to pursue my dream job, more of the technical area I wanted to work in. And I also wanted to, to pursue, I had in my mind, a dream organization. So I think it was a combination of, you know, just turning 40 and having these ambitions, I decided to, to look for another job, the one that I wanted. I actually found it. I interviewed for it and I got it. So it was, you know, it was great. It was wonderful. Everything was going very, very smoothly. However, <laughs> the fancy butt, <laughs> however. Right. It, it, did not turn to, it did not turn out to go that smoothly. Well, there's always a catch. When we were discussing the terms and conditions, I found out that the salary was quite a bit lower than what I was currently making. So I I did negotiate. I I had a first attempt at negotiating, and I don't think I had a lot of experience negotiating up until that point. However, I took the first counter proposal that was offered. And, you know, I accepted their explanation, which was something, you know, quite generic, you know, that this is the way it's done in the organization. This is what's offered to everybody, you know, who has a, a similar profile, you know, this is the way it's done. So I accepted their explanation because I was really fearful that if I was too insistent that they might change their mind. And I was so excited by this opportunity. I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize it. So I really feel like fear got in my way of actually negotiating and exploring further what could be done. And that's something that really, really stayed with me. Well, I'm curious, Helena, from your perspective, when you look back on it, what might you have done differently and, you know, is fear something that you believe influences our ability to be brave at work that sometimes we're so fearful 
of what the outcome might be of being braver or mm-hmm. asking, mm-hmm. going back, that we don't do it. We avoid it. I, I think that's a really important point, Ed. I, I think fear at times can be a motivator. And I think that there are times where it is a very legitimate concern that needs to be taken into consideration. Now, I definitely think I could have done some things differently. However, I do also think that there are times when you do have to pay attention to the fear because the the ramifications could be quite practical. So in my case, the interesting thing for me in this is that I, I recognized it at the time, you know, I accepted the first offer and I noticed I didn't negotiate as hard as I could, but I was so excited by the prospect of having this job that I didn't really think about the implications. And I have to confess, I don't even know if I felt them right away. It was only later when I started working with this younger, less experienced, less qualified colleague who, you know, talked about their salary and the fact that they earned more, that that really hit me. I had a really strong emotional response. And I think it was then when I really realized the full impact of what my fear and maybe lack of bravery in that situation, you know, guided me to do, so to speak. And then, you know, very practically speaking, it meant that I really interrupted my salary trajectory, which is very, you know, which is very important for everyone full stop. But also we know that, you know, with gender pay gaps, there's also a different, a gender difference. So it it was significant. And I, I certainly didn't recognize all of that at the time, Ed. Well, this is one of the areas, Polina, that I think it would be interesting for us to talk about because it is not talked about a lot in corporate organizations. And in fact, there are organizations that tell people not to talk about salary because we know that in organizations, regardless, and maybe not regardless of age or gender, but regardless of tenure, people make different amounts of money. And somebody younger or less experienced or a poorer performer may make more of you. So companies want to kind of keep it quiet because they don't want to create drama around it. And even perhaps they can defend it, yet maybe we could even think aloud if you find yourself in a situation where you don't believe that you are being paid equitably, meaning others who are newer to the company or less experienced are making more, or from a performance perspective, believe that you should make more, what should you do about it? Because I believe this takes bravery. I believe anyone going in to see their boss to say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. Mm -hmm. It's both very Mm -hmm. personal and professional and put it out there is really, really hard to do. So I'm just curious, and I don't mean to ask Mm. you a question off the top of your head, but what could somebody do in order to address with bravery this topic? Well, I can certainly tell you what I wish I'd done. (laughs) And I, I subsequently do this now. So the first thing I think was really important for me to learn is that Everything in life is a negotiation, you know, everything from going to, you know, making a decision to go to the movie with your partner to deciding on a family holiday to salary, all of those are are mini negotiations. So it's important to, to have that mindset first and foremost. And I think that when people recognize that, then they're then it gives them a little bit more intention around the conversations they enter into. The other thing that I think is critically important is this is the notion of being prepared. I mean, preparation can be a superpower in my mind. And so 
I tend to prepare a lot anyway. However, I don't necessarily think I prepared all the right elements. So, you know, I think it's important to prepare mindset, you know, everything's a negotiation. It's important to, to know what you want, you know, what's your ask when you're going into, to meet your boss or you're negotiating for something. And also what's your bottom line? What is, you know, non-negotiable that level for you at which you're willing to walk away? You know, what's your value and how do you demonstrate that value? So you want to make sure you have that, that you can demonstrate to the person that you're discussing. And in my case, I think one of the areas that I get, I think an area where I I could have done more is really about the organizational research, specifically their salary and employment practices. So I had, you know, like most people who do their due diligence for an interview, I had prepared for the interview and knew, you know, lots about the organization, but I didn't know anything about their employment and benefits packages. And so I can't help but think that if I had have done more research there and understood how they operated and even reached out to some contacts inside the organization, I could have been better prepared. Well, you know, most people, I think, as they're hearing your recommendations for being prepared is not how they think about solving this problem, right? And as soon as they hear Bob is making more money, they want to just walk into their boss's office and say, hey, Bob's making more money than I am. I don't think it's fair. I want to raise zero preparation, zero practice and just go for it. And it sounds as though you're suggesting to our listeners that, you know, if you feel that there is an unfairness at play Mm -hmm. or you need more information you know, before you go in and shoot from the hip, be better prepared in respect to the company's philosophies, the market's philosophies Mm -hmm. and things of that nature so that you are better positioned to negotiate the perspective that you have. Absolutely. Now, I th- I think that, you know, my situation is, you know, u- unique. And clearly, if you were having a negotiation or maybe bringing up an inequity like this, you know, you would also want to try and understand the other person's perspective, you know, what what is their negotiating position and try and get as much information as you could. You also mentioned something I want to come back to, because I think it's so important. You mentioned, you know, just go in there and shoot from the hip, you know, when you find out there's a scenario equity. What you want to do is manage your emotions as well. And so that's drawing on your emotional intelligence skills and and being able to calm yourself down so that you can actually move from a place of responding versus reacting and actually craft your, your, your preparation and your argument in a way that's likely to to open conversation and dialogue versus going in shooting from the hip and and creating defensiveness and even withdrawal on on, on their side. Absolutely. When we talk about being brave at work, Helena, we have a belief that something called practice, which is a lot like preparedness, but practice would be super helpful. So if I know I need to have a conversation with my boss, and let's say it's about asking for more money, and it requires bravery, I should write down my data points. I should Mm -hmm. find an accountability partner with whom I can talk it through and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I want to have this conversation with my boss. What do you think? What am I saying that's argumentative or problematic? What words Mm -hmm. did I use that you don't like? I Mm -hmm. mean, would you you agree that practice and 
kind of thinking through what you want to say in advance of doing it would be helpful as well? Oh, absolutely. I think there's, you know, the preparation part. And then you have, of course, you have to practice it. And, you know, like you said, you can certainly do that with some colleagues or accountability buddy, but you can also do that simply by videoing yourself. You know, you can start off by recording it if you feel a little uncomfortable videoing and listen to how it sounds. Then you can video yourself with your iPhone or your phone and and see how it's coming across and really paying attention to how am I actually showing up? How am I, how am I sounding? Because again, it's really about opening conversational space and trying to find a solution that's going to be mutually beneficial to both of you. And for that, we want to open, not shut down conversation. Right. Well, I will tell you that the vast majority of citizens of the United States of America will not videotape themselves. <laughs> they hate <laughs> to see themselves on videotape. So, but I hear you. I'm joking. But I think all of those are great suggestions. And I want to go back to a word you used because I think it's very similar to bravery. You know, one of the reasons we have challenges being brave at work is because we've not been trained mm. on h- how to be brave when we need to be. And in junior high, high school, and college, we never learn this, I think it's similar to the negotiation. I mean, mm-hmm. I never took a class on negotiation and here I am graduating college and I'm going to go buy a car and, you know, I'm talking to somebody who's super great at negotiating and I don't even know where to begin. So things like bravery, mm-hmm. negotiation, you know, conflict management, you know, these are all similar in, re- in the respect that they're harder to do and yet we're not trained on good practices and good behaviors and how to do it. Adding to your list, Ed, listening. We're not trained how to listen. One of the most important skills. We're not trained on in terms of how to manage our emotions. Or, you know, th- these are things that we are just expected to know how to do, and we've had very little guidance. So why is it that way, Polina? Why don't we take over the educational <laughs> systems of all of our countries and say <laughs> it's important to grow up to be a great economist or a pharmaceutical engineer, but or yet at the same time. You have to lead people, and so we're going to teach you how to be brave, we're going to teach you how to Mm. listen, we're going to teach you how to communicate, we're going to teach you how to uh, navigate conflict, because these are Mm. all things that you're going to experience. You know, I hear stories all the time of people who are promoted internally in an organization, and the first thing they have to do is something that requires bravery or Mm -hmm. conflict, and they're like, I don't even know where to start, right? This isn't what I thought this job was going to be like, and yet those are some of the first things that they're asked to do. Absolutely. Well, I'm all in. I'm all in favor of educational reform to include some of these essential <laughs> life skills. <laughs> well, Polina, I appreciate the time that you have spent with us today, and thank you for sharing that story. I know. I I think you said you were unique in that perspective, <laughs> but I will tell you, you are not. The challenges that exist in organizations of all sizes around compensation, and really, I think a more important underlying characteristic is equity and fairness, right? That I'm not looking to be paid a million dollars, but I want to know that I'm being paid fairly and equitably with others. And somebody that we're hiring isn't making more simply because they made more at their last job or whatever is super, super important for folks. And I think you shared some great examples and suggestions on how to think about it as you prepare for these types of conversations. So Polina, if folks want to, you're, you're welcome. And if folks want to find out more about the work that you're doing, how can they get in contact with you or your organization? Well, I'm, I would be delighted if anybody wants to know more to, for them to visit my website at www and it's unabridgedleadership.com and that's unabridgedleadership, no space.com. 
And unabridged is really about bringing your, your full self, the full version of yourself to your workplace. Well, that is what this podcast is all about because we talk also on other conversations about psychological safety, which is an environment where you can be yourself and you don't fear being judged or belittled or laughed at because you have a simple question, you're asking someone to repeat themselves, and I can fully leave a meeting understanding what we need to do because I didn't understand it when we first started and had to ask these questions. So I hope folks benefit from the work they do with you, Helena, and thank you once again for being a guest on Be Brave at Work. Thank you, Ed. It's, an, it's been a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore Being Brave at Work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.